there are men and women out there who are living exemplary lives um, in pursuit of service to others and their time will come to an end as as do all and when they lean back and and pass the baton it's like you better be ready um, because they carried it well and now it's your turn so we're making this decision based out of fear not out of a place of well maybe we can work together why don't we collaborate instead of compete the unspoken dream was just handed to me on a platter just like there it is you want to call this place home here's the invitation so we're back for part two hello thanks for yeah thanks for that last session it was Mm. amazing we left off with um, you talking about those three months you you spent in the States. Sure. And he, we now got on a jet plane, or you got on a jet plane, mm-hmm. you came home. Mm-hmm. So you then get home, and do you just hit the play button or record button? Yeah, pretty much. Harris so creations. I had uh, clients who had been prepared to wait for me to come back um, to undertake the next commission that they needed. And yeah, pretty much the next day I rolled out of bed and got going building furniture again. There had been a slight shift in terms of the dream and the vision, having seen the sort of studio, atelier type style in the States compared to the background that I'd came from with a big factory, lots of staff. Um, I was like, I want to do this one man band thing. Like I'm going to make this work. And (laughs) lol, that lasted like four months, I think. And I realized there was no ways that I could, I could keep up with the sanding and the collection of the stock and then the building and then the delivering and installation. And it just, it wasn't feasible. So started hiring. <laughs> so was that a was that a contextual thing that it didn't work? What what we in hindsight mm. why why do you think that didn't work for you? There there was a moment of realization in terms of like what are you trying to prove in in trying to do all of these things yourself. Um, that, that was the one part of it. And the other part of it was the fact that South Africa is an entirely different economy to the States in that unemployment is a massive issue here. And I truly believe there's a responsibility on individuals who have the capacity to employ, to employ. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the bottom line. Yeah. Um, and if that means that one person employs four people over there, somebody else has the capacity to employ one person over there, someone else starts a company and employs 800, you know, fantastic. But the point is you having individuals creating opportunities for work. And that's, like, that's what SA needs. Um, we need to change those stats. Um, and I think saw myself in that position to employ um, as as humble and simple as that was 
um, and I think still is in the grand scheme of things, um, it's, it's a step in the right direction and it's a small part of a bigger story. Yeah. 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 So something someone said, said to me one day, or I heard it. No, someone said it to me. <clears throat> he said that we should be using our privilege as a tool and as a way, as leverage to help the people mm-hmm. who are less privileged, mm-hmm. not lord it and lord it over them and mm-hmm. wield it over them as mm-hmm. a position, mm-hmm. but rather use it as a as a way to position ourselves to help people who are. So if you um, if you open up our Instagram, I, I deleted Facebook about a month ago, and that's a whole separate tangent in itself. But if you open up our Instagram bio, like the first line of our bio, it, it states that we're a kingdom company, um, and I think our our conviction is that we've been given this company to steward, yeah, and it's something that's not ours, and we need to make the most of stewarding that um, because. My grandfather taught me a, a really cool principle. He said, if you can't afford to loan something, don't lend it. And when you borrow something, always give it back better than the condition you received it. So if you borrow a car, top it up with fuel, take it for a wash. If you borrow a Completely. tool, get it sharpened. You know? <clears throat> and the the bigger things in life, like a, a business, which we've been blessed with, um, and going, cool, we've got this thing. We can either live for it for self and self-glorification yeah. or we can make it available to the, the uplifting of the stories of others. Um, and that's a, that's a massive part of our, of our vision. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome, bro. It really is awesome. And, yeah, we can let's chat more about that just now. Mm-hmm. But um, so you tried to do the solo thing for mm-hmm. four months. Mm-hmm. And then you decided, actually, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. So you're what, now 22 or 20, yeah. 23? Okay. 22 so let's, plus fat. Somewhere 22 around. plus fat. <laughs> yes. Um, I like that one. So how long did you stay in that Gemini hut <clears throat> for after you got back? Um, so I got back in the July and moved to the new factory the March the following year. Um, so it was a reasonable amount of time, just a fraction shower of a year. Um, and uh, we got to the point where it was just completely unsustainable to, to continue working there. And uh, a friend slash mentor sat me down over lunch at Oscars and Hillcrest, I can still remember where we sat, how we were sitting, and he looked me straight up and down and said, Joel, you need to get a proper factory. And I was like, oh, yeah, but this, but that. He's like, no, you need to get a proper factory. Stop mucking about, like, you're a big boy now. You've got a business, and you can't get any further in the pursuit of this furniture dream that you've got cooking in the back of your head if you don't take the next step. And a week later, we were moving into a factory. Awesome. Um, it just, everything kind of lined up perfectly. Um, hit Gumtree that afternoon, found a factory. Turned out that the landlord was the father of um, some folks that I was at school with. And yeah, they offered us a great rental rate. 
um, staggered the deposit, like made sure that it was very easy for us to enter the, the rental market as a 22 plus VAT year old. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was the best step we could have taken, aptly timed. Um, the work came awesome. um, because we had the capacity. You know, if you, if you don't have the field, you can't plant the crop. Um, yeah. So it was certainly a, an expedition of expanding the field. Um, yeah. And yeah, the, I don't want to say that the harvest was good because it's still small business, like it's still tough. Um, but we were certainly processing more furniture. Um, and at the end of the day, like that was the goal. Like, yeah. <laughs> we want to build cool stuff. There's something in that because, I mean, that speaks directly to where I'm at at the moment mm. in needing to probably just take that step and change the physical capacity so that you can increase your capacity as a as a business. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, that's that couldn't have been it couldn't have been an easy step. Mm. But having someone. I could imagine having someone alongside you pushing you in that mm-hmm. direction, <clears throat> maybe someone that you trusted, mm-hmm. and w- someone who's done it before as well. Okay, so that that's yeah. a that's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This that, wasn't a wishy-washy like, oh, maybe you should give this a try. Yeah, like, here's a good idea. I yeah, just yeah. googled this, and here's a hundred percent. Okay, um, this was this was wisdom. Okay, um, this was experience speaking. This was a guy who'd started his own. He's our timber supplier. Um, we we get all our all our wood from them. Um, started in the back of a bucky. And now they've got a branch here, a branch in Joburg. Um, and yeah, crushing it in the in the timber space. That's awesome. So yeah, we've we've had a relationship with them. Sure. I think I bought my first plank from them when I was fourteen, fifteen. So it's yeah, it's been a minute. That's awesome. Mm. So you you've now you've got this factory mm-hmm. and you're employing staff. Mm-hmm. How so I'm drilling you with questions here. Yeah, that's cool. But I'm I'm really curious as to how your work ethic and the way you approached this craft mm-hmm. changed from what from when you went to the States. So was mm-hmm. in yourself, was there a noticeable difference in the way you did things? And maybe what changes took place in the way you approached work and the craft and business? Sure. Um, interesting one to to complete. I think the, as I said, the inspiration and the affirmation um, was definitely a game changer because you you need that. Like you have those tough days where you you wake up and things aren't so hot in the factory, and it's like flip. I've just I've just got to get this done. Um, so from that perspective, I think it was just more fuel for the fire. Um, from a mindset perspective, in terms of um, the the structure of the business and and all that, I, I mentioned that I tried to do the solo craftsman thing, but I realised that my value, as much as we we pushing a, a high end furniture item, which is a, a unique product in the space that we're in, um, from from a competition perspective, it's quite limited, um, but a big part of our value was our story. Um, and at the end of the day, like I'm Joel Harris and it's yeah. Harris Creations. Yeah. So if I wasn't on the road selling furniture, then nothing nothing was happening. Like a, um, another friend sat me down soon after I started my business and he said, Joel, what is the single most important function 
of an entrepreneur? And I was like, oh, it's a, it's a loaded question. You know, there's a lot that you can use. Like, no, it's one word. It's like, what's your single most important thing? Sales. Without sales, you don't have a business. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, and, and I was the guy who had to sell. So that's what we did. We, we sold. So what did that look like? Instagram. Okay. Big portion. Um, making sure that when we delivered the piece of furniture, it was done right, it was on time, and the service we gave the clients throughout the entire process was clear communication, updating them with photos, making them feel like they're a part of the process. Um, yeah, I think anyone who's dealt with contractors, specifically in KZN, knows it's just an absolute mess. Like, guys say they'll be there at 10, and they arrive at 2, or they don't pitch up at all. Um, and it's appalling. Yeah, it's 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 atrocious. Absolutely appalling. All your um, contractors out there, sort <laughs> yourselves yeah. out. Level up, man. Come on. Level up. And yeah, I think part of that's that kingdom mindset and and stewarding something that's not ours. Um, when we say we're going to be there at ten, like we make sure that we're we're flipping there at ten. Yeah. Um, if not nine thirty, you know, shoes shined, looking sharp. Yeah. Um, Five minutes before. Hundred percent. And if you're running late, like. Send the message. Communicate. Yeah, communicate. Yeah. I, I'm a big advocate um, for that, bro. I, I can't. An informed client is a happy client. Like yeah. that's that's the reality of it. At the end of the day, um, delighting a client has everything to do with being on time, mm-hmm. being presentable, mm-hmm. and almost them well. A minority to do with the product. Yeah. Like the product is is a. The, the product is one tiny yeah, aspect of it. 100%. It's the experience that mm-hmm. you're giving them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. I'm, I'm so es- with you on I that. I think especially with the nature of the clients that, that we're dealing with where um, they've acquired a, a lot of wealth and position. And I don't want to say that in that sense they're entitled. Um, but from their business journey, they're predominantly individuals who have their own companies or who are CEOs and MDs and things like that. So they're used to having people report to them efficiently and timelessly, and they will reward those individuals as such. Um, like a raving client is a business's best asset. Um, and if you can, you're in full control of that, whether you create those or not. Um, and, and so in, in creating that, it's, it's free marketing. Um, and it's, it's exceptionally valuable marketing. Yeah. And would you say, would you say the most valuable thing you could have as a business owner is our happy clients? Absolutely. Um, yeah, with without a doubt. I mean, they, there's no telling how that chain or how that domino effect can can result in um, you getting a referral or a lead or, or something that leads to that leads to the next thing and. Again, not not going about those relationships in a in a narcissistic way. I mean, we have fantastic relationships with a number of our clients. Um, clients up in Joburg that when I'm up there, I go and stay with them. Um, awesome. Clients locally that I've traveled to Cape Town with and, you know, spent time with them holidaying and had meals. You know, there's such a great feeling delivering a dining table and chairs to a client and their family and then sitting down after assembling it and having a meal at the table with them. Oh, man, that man, would it's be like, amazing. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, um, and and just engaging with them, getting to know them, um, being intentional about that that time and that relationship, um, it's very cool. Yeah, it's it's that's awesome. Yeah, definitely a highlight for us in, the, in that. Yeah, sense. that's that's something I must say in the 
in the multimedia, video, digital media world, it's something that I wish maybe there are ways to 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 do that. Mm-hmm. But that is something that I wish <clears throat> was there, that it was far more tangible than what it is. Mm-hmm. But saying that, when you're creating media and it's running at an event mm-hmm. in front of a couple of hundred people, that is, I would say, maybe an equivalent of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that is definitely something I really... I really struggle with working in the digital space mm-hmm. is the lack of the tangible deliverable because mm-hmm. it's just, <clears throat> it's in a cloud, mm-hmm. it's on a hard drive, it's in your computer, on your mm-hmm. phone, in the air. Mm-hmm. You can't so touch and feel it. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. having having a dinner with mm-hmm. your clients at the very table that you designed and create and mm-hmm. crafted mm-hmm. Must be the most incre- one of the most incredible yeah, things to experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very cool. What's been one of your favorites? Builds or, or uh, responses what? or. So build through to so if you took the build through to that that final moment, where you hand it over. Sure, um, the. One of my favorite responses I've heard to that question in terms of like what's been your favorite build is simply the one we're working on at the moment. Okay. Um, and the anticipation of what's what's to come with that because each one is like a unique journey. Um, for me, my marker with clients is if they touch it, I've won. Okay. Like as a team, <coughs> we've pulled together and we've created something that the client wants to interact with. So you mean by that you mean you present it yeah. and they walk up to it and they to physically touch it, touch it yeah. and they go, I, "Oh my I goodness, this is, this is incredible!" Um, and and that's the the beauty of of having a physical product. Like you don't <laughs> you don't hand over a USB and the client's like, "Oh, send an email." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or send an yeah. email. You know, with, oh. with a Dropbox link. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so to experience that reaction and it's really tough um, with with some clients where you don't get that reaction because material things to them at the end of the day are just material. Like you can deliver the most bonkers piece of furniture, drop it off, and you know, like a lot of those, um, a lot of those people, their homes are just filled with um, items of high value, and that's fantastic. I, I get quite irate with, with people when they get upset when it's like, oh, you know, they spent X amount of money on this expensive thing when they could have donated it to this, and it's like, well, they actually supported an entire infrastructure behind the scenes because that company has employees and that company has suppliers and those suppliers have employees. Like you're supporting the product chain and if you've got that amount of money to spend on that thing, fantastic. Keep it keep it in the country, keep it local. Support your That's local important. business. Um, it's, it's, it's huge and if you can do it, fantastic. Um, but it's from a an artistic, emotive point of view, to not be able to experience that touch and feel is sometimes a bit tough. But then it's like, cool, they paid for it. Yeah, so there's what it is. Yeah, and sometimes I think people, some people don't have a naturally outward expression of mm-hmm. joy. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. Some people have that and it's delayed. It's slower Mm -hmm. than what we would hope for. Mm -hmm. Maybe for them that expression comes when they actually sit down at the table and Mm. have dinner a few times Mm. and there's that moment of realization. Mm. Or maybe it's expressed through showing it to their friends. And Mm -hmm. I often think of, I love C.S. Lewis's, Oh, what a lad. Yeah. I I, I love (laughs) how he speaks about how pure joy is actually shared Mm -hmm. and the expression of joy needs to be, joy is expressed through the sharing of the moment Mm -hmm. or the sharing. So when I go and I talk about, oh, this whiskey Mm. was incredible Mm. and it's a Highland malt Mm. or it's it's this peat and this Mm. and and my sharing of that moment mm. and that experience with the person mm. is the sharing in the moments of that joy. Mm. And yeah, anyway. We're, we're teetering on the edge of that community conversation. Yes, it's like it's are, just right are, there and are. it just wants to tip over. And it so wants to. <laughs> before we get there, Bru, um, we, we aren't in the workshop that you moved to. No. So let's quickly just cover that little gap there and then we can... Cool. So, yeah, I was working at the furniture high-end kitchens company and my boss one day said to me, hey, Joel, we've got this really cool job. You're going to dig it. I'm going to take you to the site and we're going to go have a look, measure up, whatnot. So hop in the car and I remember the moment, like it was yesterday, um, drove through the gates of Camp Orchards and there was this moment of like, this is home. And uh, yeah, I don't know how else to express it other than that simple statement. Um, Mm. And I I didn't know what that meant at the time, Um, but I was just, I was absolutely taken. And yeah, we drove through, we were working on the the main house um, for the family who owns this property. And throughout the course of that process, um, became friendly with them. And towards the end of our contract or commission was the period where I had resigned and was going to go start my, my own business. And the, um, the client approached me and said, hey, I'd dig to chat to you at some point. And I said, well, the reality is like I've got to not compete. Can't really do anything businessy for the next year, but, you know, can we chat then? And she said, cool, like, let me know when you're ready. So a year went by, and that was the time in the States and whatever. And Time well spent. Time well spent. Um, and came back to her and said, hey, you still up for that coffee? And she said, yeah, pull in. So, yeah, trundled through the gates of Camp Orchards once again in my shiny Nissan 1400. And uh, she said, here's the deal. Like, we'd love for you to have a factory here. And it was just like... <laughs> I'm seeing that meme um, right now, bro. The <laughs> yeah, for fireworks in the background. The unspoken dream was just handed to me on a platter. It was like, there it is. You want to call this place home? Here's the invitation. Um, and I knew at the time we couldn't afford the facilities, um, but I knew that the invite was there. And the premise of the conversation was thank you can we come to you when we're ready? No stress, let us know. Um, so two years goes by, that's when we're at the Bracken Hill, the 
Brackenhill factory. So we made the shift from the Gemini, moved to Brackenhill, spent spent two years there. And then January 2020, COVID was great for us just as a little. COVID was fantastic. Everybody okay. stayed at home. Yeah. Um, our clients are like doctors. And so they, they had a, a wonderful time with COVID, as we know. Um, so the, the excess wealth was um, was ripe and uh, they spent it on furniture because they were at home. So we needed to increase our capacity to deal with the COVID boom of business. Um, funny how the ebbs and flows of history impact different spheres. Yeah, of- I was just thinking it's, it's very interesting to see through all my conversations that I have how COVID affected different businesses mm-hmm. differently and different people, mm-hmm. not just business. And there have been a few conversations where I've had that COVID was good, mm-hmm. good for them, mm-hmm. good space. Yeah. yeah. So we we made hay while the sun shone, so to speak. And January 2020 um, approached the Camp Orchards family again and said, Are you ready to take us? And I had my heart set, for those who know Camp Orchards, I had my heart set on the double-story building, which is opposite our factory. And it was in truth, no bigger than the factory we were set to be moving from. Um, And when I was asked, like, okay, so which building are you thinking of? Like, you say you're ready to move in, point us out, we'll make it happen. And I said, that one. And the response I got was, no, Joel, that's too small. Like, you need the big one. Um, You need the big factory. We'll clear it out for you. It was a storeroom at the time. Um, We'll make sure that it's ripe and ready. We'll put power in. Um, Amazing. Put plugs, like, let us know what you need. And, uh, yeah, we moved in a couple months later. Um, and, yeah, we're here. We're here. It's crazy. We drive Sitting to here. work down the yeah. dust road, past the cows and the sheep and the donkeys yeah. every morning. It's, yeah, it's paradise. That's awesome. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, Setting up for this interview, you were saying that this is the busiest you've ever been. Mm-hmm. So you're you're busy. Mm-hmm. And how many employees have you got at the moment? Let's just talk some quick business stuff. Sure. So um, strictly full time, we have three, and then we have one gent who works three weeks on, one week off. He's got his own furniture company as well. So in that week off, he pursues that. And then we've got another gent who is formerly a plumber. Um, He did 15 years in the plumbing game and decided he didn't want to plumb another pop. Um, So he's trying his hand at furniture building, but on a a slightly different... He's helping me with like the infrastructure of the company um, and forward thinking in terms of optimization and how we can improve workflow and... Um, obviously comes from a, a skilled practical background. Um, so you can help me with servicing machines and putting in ducting and, you know, all the cool stuff. So that's that's our Frodo. And then I have an intern who is 16 years old. And, uh, yeah, he keeps a smile on our dial. Super that's awesome. tenacious little character. Um, super hard worker. And, uh, yeah, he's a good dude. And then another intern who's sort of fresh out of high school and just trying to find his way in the working world. Um, so it's a bit of a bit of a mixed bag. That's awesome. Um, and then uh, and then me. Um, and then my fiancé is coming on board to help out with the books and um, keep a finger on the pulse. Is that something she's 
been practicing or no bit of a bit of a deep end okay. type situation um yeah she's studying law and uh yeah in between in between studies um going to be crunching the numbers for the for the business that's awesome so keep that's it here that's cool Jacob Zuma keep it here <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> um that's great bro so i mean i mean your workshop's amazing Thank i've you. i've got i've had such a, a an incredible appreciation for this craft mm. i secretly have a dream or well, not so secretly now old <laughs> Durban's going to find it's out but <laughs> yeah i've i've just had a dream since i was a kid to to oh a kid i mean a teenager to yeah. have my own woodwork shop and mm-hmm. just make beautiful furniture and mm-hmm. It's been, I, I, I grew up in a small mining town and I went to a high school, very, one of the very few high schools left in South Africa at the time, which had woodwork as a subject. Mm-hmm. And those were, that was honest to God, my salvation in school mm-hmm. was woodwork. And my good old woodwork teacher, Mr. Boerta, who... What a chap. What a champ, boy. <laughs> So that that's yeah. I I mean I love this. Your work, mm. your your shop's beautiful. I love seeing the stuff. I have a huge appreciation for it. And well done, bro. I, I absolutely love your journey. Mm. I love your story. And um, I know you saw at the beginning. Mm. So onwards and upwards. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for what the future holds for you. Right. Yeah. yeah. So another question I've been area I've been wanting to to delve into which we've we've spoken about before mm. which is I know very dear to your heart and very mm. dear to my heart and you've actually alluded to it a few times and there were a few segues we could have taken here mm. but I really would love to chat about the role of community in your business mm-hmm. so I'm a big believer of building community mm-hmm. um, I think community takes different shapes and sizes and forms it looks different to different people in different mm-hmm. contexts, different organizations. What has community looked like to you mm. as Joel mm-hmm. and in the context of Joel? Well, your 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 business, Harris Creations. A statement slash quote that one of my mentors has repeatedly um, iterated is that you want people not who have your back, but people who have your heart. Yeah. Um, and it's like, at the, that's the truth. That's, that's the fundamental of it. So um, let's just say that again. You? You don't want people who have your back. You want people who have your heart. Okay. Um, and that's, that indicates a level of intimacy that I think is, is often foreign in culture. It's uncomfortable. It's raw. It's prickly. Um, but it's real. And it's dedicated, um, and it's it's unwavering, and it's honestly it's covenant. It's like no matter what hits the fan, we're gonna work walk this journey with you. Like we're committed. Yeah, we're in this. It's the antithesis of a disposable culture. Mm-hmm. So in a world where we just shaft everyone mm-hmm. and having a disagreement and we mm-hmm. back off self-glorification glorify self or mm-hmm. even I've got friends who we who we often say like 
the business world is brutal. Mm-hmm. And so to build a business in the context of community mm-hmm. means we don't, we, we choose not to disappear at the drop of a disagreement, mm-hmm. at the hint of it. Mm-hmm. We choose to work for and with each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how does that practically look like for you? Sure. Um, the, within the first week of me handing in my resignation, I got a phone call from an old family friend um, who had been on band with at church for a number of years. And he was actually um, on the um, shareholders of the first company that I worked at. Um, he's the financial director. He phoned me and said, Joel, can you come and see me? I said, sure, no problem. Pulled in, he said, I hear you're starting a business. And I said, yeah. He said, well, anything accounting related, consider it taken care of. And every month since then, he has handled our financials for the last six years. To date? To date, and has not requested a cent from us. He's helped out with the transition from sole prop to PTY, registration of VAT, SIPSI, Workman's Comp, UIF, you name it, he's been there for that journey um, and and stuck his hand up and just been an absolute legend um, through that. Got a massive skill in that area, a massive talent, and just gone, I'm going to bless you with that. I've got the capacity to do that, and, and that's what I'm doing for you. What has that done for you, as a, firstly, as a person, mm. and then obviously as a business, but I think more importantly, what has that done for you as a person? It's a discussion that I've had with, a number of younger friends um, in realizing that the baton that is soon to come our way is a mighty baton. There are men and women out there who are living exemplary lives um, in pursuit of service to others and their time will come to an end as, as do all. And when they lean back and, and pass the bat and it's like you better be ready um, because they carried it well and now it's your turn um, so in that sense it's it's like whew, the bar's high um, the bar's high because one day when I'm in that position and I find out about someone who's starting their own business am I going to have the balls to pick up the phone and go hey man come and see me for coffee um, and be able to perpetuate that cycle um, and then for us as a business Obviously, financially, an accountant is not a cheap, <laughs> not a cheap thing, mm. um, and so that has alleviated a big pressure point. Um, firstly, from having to finance an accountant, but then also the implications of books that are in good order, um, and knowing that we're up to date in our VAT, we're up to date in our tax, we're up to date in our UIF, we're up to date in our workman's comp. Um, and when the labor department comes knocking, and they've come knocking, they rocked up at the old factory and uh, donning their badges, took one look at me and said, where's your father? <laughs> I said, sorry, ma'am, this is, uh, this is my business. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they, they, set their, uh, they set their standards very clear early on as to what they expected of us, and, uh, yeah, it's been nice to know that we're, we're covered in that sense. Um, and I, man, I could 
I could spend all night telling you stories of, of community. Um, that America trip, um, being a small business just starting out, we couldn't, um, I, I couldn't afford the ticket to, to get over. Um, I had a, a few small financial responsibilities back in SA and uh, yeah, one of, one of my mentors, I, I speak of these mentors often, there's, there's six men in my life who've stepped in through various circles and basically said, hey Joel, we want to come alongside you and support you in your journey of life. Um, they're all sort of over 40. Um, they've taken the hard knocks. They've, they've done the university of life. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason have um, wanted to join me and Joel's journey of life. Um, but basically this, this gent said, hey, I'm willing to pay for your ticket. I'm willing to cover your expenses back home and you can pay me back whenever you're ready. Um, and that's, that experience was was funded through that, um, and so we, yeah, a couple over a period of a few years, we were able to settle that debt. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. The the days where the poo really hits the fan, and you don't know what to do with yourself, knowing that I can pick up the phone, and on the other end of the line is a, a gent who's not only empathetic. Um, but also going, I've been there. Um, not always giving the solution. I think this is very important to okay. to hone in on because spoon feeding is too easy. Yeah. Um, and when you are able to um, use your brain <laughs> to solve a problem, sometimes all that was required from that phone call was just a calm down, take a step back, go for a walk, have a cup of coffee, like, or do you want to meet for coffee? Like, do we need to, do we need to meet for coffee? Cool. I'll see you at this place in half an hour. Meet for coffee, decompress, share some pointers, but don't give a solution. Allow the individual to formulate their own ideas um, and learn to think and then, and then go from there. And that, that side of it has been, has been incredible too. That's awesome. Um, because yeah, then it would be, I want to say too easy. Um, to just pick up the phone and go, hey, what do I do next? Hey, what do I do next? Hey, what do I do next? Um, and and never live self. What's um, Dr. Seuss? You are you. That is truer than true. Nobody else can be you than you. Yeah, yeah that. <laughs> so, I mean that that's amazing. Mm. And I'm relatively new to the business world. Mm -hmm. I've been in for two years now, or mm. two and a bit. And from the most part, from what I've seen and to a point what I've experienced, well, maybe not, not so much. I've had some incredible people alongside me. Mm. But it is, it is a lonely place, Bru. There are a lot of, I would say the majority of businesses and the most businesses mm -hmm. that exist, exist on their own mm. without a support system mm -hmm. or at least some kind of relationship or friendship mm -hmm. or connection. And um, I, I completely understand and see the value in it. Mm -hmm. how, would, how would you, for the listeners, how would you encourage them to find a way to not do this on their own? Make yourself available. 
Um, what do you mean by as, that? As humans, we're averse to rebuke is a, is a bit of a hard word perhaps to advice um, in that it's like, this is me, this is my thing, this is how I'm doing it, stuff the world and off you go. Um, and there may be well and good intentioned people who not necessarily have experience in your craft or your business, but there's fundamentals to running a company. We can shoot back to the communication of the clients, making sure clients are well looked up. Like that's a fundamental business principle. doesn't matter if you're a plumber, an electrician, a painter, like you have to hold true to that. And for some people, that's a skill that requires training and counsel because that doesn't come naturally to them. Um, for somebody else, it may be accounting. Like a, a solid business has to have solid accounting. That's just fundamental facts. And if numbers are not your thing, like get someone who's good at numbers. Don't bumble about and try and do it yourself. Um, so, so being available to that community is a, is a big step because it's so easy to chase people away. Um, and I've learned you don't get a second invitation. Like when that phone rings and someone says, hey man, I dig what you're doing. We're keen to be a part of your journey. Like if you say no, they're not going to come back. Um, you had your chance. Because that's taken um, a certain amount of vulnerability to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you, you, the relationship works both ways um, in that you're going to get as much out of them as you're willing to give. Yeah. Um, and in, in that, being completely honest with them um, and not, not beating around the bush um, is, is a surefire way to, to mine the nuggets. Mm. Um, and they're, they're there for the taking. Yeah. Um, like why bump your head on the same plank that the previous generation bumped their head on, you know? Yeah. Let them tell you that plank is there. Watch out. Yeah. So that when you get there, you can kind of go, cool. Cool, yeah. Duck yeah. under it. So you don't have to experience that pain yourself. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, for businesses who are out there on their own and they don't, maybe they they don't have a sense of community around them. Mm -hmm. and they don't know how to make themselves available, mm -hmm. what that even means. Mm. What, what are some practical Reach steps? out to your competition. I love that. <laughs> so I was, I was hoping you were going to go there. Yeah. So What is the value in that? I mean, that sounds absolutely 100%. <laughs> Counterculture. What did you bring? Counterculture. <laughs> And opposite to what you should do. In in the business world, the known well, the default thing is you Me and Mass more calling me you and my, yours. Yeah. Yeah. You stick to your lane, I'll stick to my lane. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Yeah, this man. this excites me. Yeah. No, yeah. it's it's epic. Um the the woodworking community in I, I can't speak for for further abroad than like what I've experienced in KZN. Um, mm. But the, certainly the circles that I've been exposed to, super rad group of people, like the most down to earth, humble, solid, ha, solid. <laughs> like a piece of wood. Like a piece of wood. Yeah. Like um, one of your tables. 100%. <laughs> um, <laughs> anywho, um, to the point where um, 
our name, the streets furniture. The streets are based up in Maritzburg. Um, it's a husband and wife run company, Neil and Helen, and they are dear friends. And I know that I can pick up the phone and go, Neil, bro, like I'm willing to box someone right now. Like I'm done. This is what's happened. This is the story. And you can be like, oh, bro, you know, I've, I've been there. Like this is what happened, this situation, this is how it played out, this is what happened. And then we kind of deal with it and move on and then he'll phone me with, with his story and um, we'll get stuck on a project and pick up the phone. Hey, man, stuck with this thing. What did you do when you, when you hit this roadblock? Um, and exchange exchange that knowledge and from a um, a perspective of like treading on each other's turf it's never it's never happened and I think if you if you are truly authentic in that relationship it will never crop up because the reality is like there's enough work to go around Big time. Um, that's that's a non-issue and um, even if there's the perceived I the perceived idea that there isn't mm -hmm. that's completely based on a fear mindset mm -hmm. it's completely based on a mindset which says there isn't enough mm -hmm. Absolutely. but there is mm -hmm. so we're making these decisions based out of fear 100%. not out of a place of well maybe we can work together mm -hmm. why don't we collaborate mm -hmm. instead of compete yeah absolutely there's this there's this there's this crazy notion that we have to just always be better. Mm -hmm. Why why try be better than someone when and there's we can... no medal? Like it's no. not it's not a hundred meter sprint or butterfly or whatever. Like there's no oh you're the best chair builder in South Africa. Like yes we have design shows and and whatever whatever. But the metrics of those are so unbelievably skewed um, for for different reasons um, and. Yeah, you can you can honestly win some of those some of those competitions, but it's it's like, well what's the what's the purpose? Yeah. Like what, what, yeah. Completely. Know, they're, 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 Completely. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to bash I don't want to bash the industry in that sense at all. Um there's certainly value in, in what they're trying to achieve there, but um I, I can't see it being feasible to go, well, he's the best furniture builder and he's the second best furniture builder. Like we're never gonna arrive there. Um, there's there's too many variables, and yeah. so, and it's not um, completely true either. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, making making friends with your your competition and allowing mm -hmm. them to be part of your community, just just opens up so many doors to the point where, like I mentioned earlier, we don't really have competition in what we're doing because of the unique service that we're offering. Yeah. Um, so when I say competition, like we're a solid wood furniture company. So if you're a solid wood furniture company, go and make friends with other wood, solid wood furniture. You're a videographer, you specifically do long format film. There's a bunch of other guys doing short format, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Like It's a creative space. It's a creative <coughs> space, you know. Um, you go even a, broader than furniture, you can go into the creative space. You absolutely. Can, yeah. Um, and and cross-pollinate because you might have a quiet month and, and they're booming and they're able to swing some work your way and vice versa. Um, you know, there's no... If someone wants a Harris Creations piece of furniture, they're going to come to Harris Creations. If somebody wants a piece of furniture from the streets, they're going to go to the streets. Like Joel Harris is not going to make the streets furniture and the streets is not going to make Harris Creations. Completely. Like that's, that's the fact of the matter yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and eliminating that bridge um, has, has been a phenomenal experience um, from a sanity point of view for a start 
and that feeling of like, oh my days, what am I doing? This was the worst idea ever. Yeah. Um, to, oh, somebody else experiences those yeah. struggles. Um, cool, let's chat about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, Brew. I think there's such a value in <coughs> forming, even if it's just a small sense of community, because mm-hmm. we, we all deeply desire to belong to something. <laughs> And when we spend our lives existing in a place where we feel threatened by everyone Mm -hmm. and you only feel threatened because of the unknown, Mm -hmm. you don't feel threatened because you know something. Mm -hmm. You feel threatened because you perceive Mm. that this competition Mm -hmm. is a threat to me. 100%. Because you don't know them. Yeah. And maybe in reality they are and they could, Mm. maybe their whole thing is, well, I'm just going to come out and compete and dominate everyone. Completely. But it's an unguaranteed but outcome, which exactly. is as unguaranteed as the relationship working. Yeah. But because humans are created for community, when it's pursued with authenticity, it can only go one way. Yeah. Like it's Completely. And it also, on a business sense, it boils also, I mean, if you strictly want to speak on business sense, hmm. What is your value prop? Mm. You'll never have an identical value prop mm. to your competitor. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the content that and the, the way the business that I, I'm naturally good at and mm. I have an inclination to and I understand well is going to be completely, maybe not completely, but it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not the deliverable that is the product. The product is the experience. And the mm-hmm. experience that I give nobody can replicate yeah. because I'm Luke Holden 100%. in Hillcrest mm-hmm. and someone else down the road can only give an experience that they can experience, mm-hmm. that they can give. Mm-hmm. So I, I absolutely love what you said about if you don't have community, mm-hmm. make friends with your competitors. Mm-hmm. I love it. I absolutely and love it. In that, I think it's important to note that the intention of this podcast is Durban small business podcast like that model may not be applicable in a large business format um and that I think that's a topic for for another day but our heart and the heart of the Durban small business community is for that like to establish small business community Yeah. Um, genuine, genuine, and and being vulnerable. I mean that myself and Neil we exchanged business bank statements That's for awesome. three months. That's, he was like, "That is amazing." Here's here's your statement. Here's my statement. Let's go through it and and let's have a look see at our financials. Like, yeah. let's genuinely see how we're doing. Like, my days, bro. You're spending a heck of a lot of money at that supplier. Have you tried using that supplier? Yeah. No ways. Didn't think of that. Yeah. You know. Um. And yeah, it's been great that's awesome dude Mm. well i know we could carry on Mm. and i'd love to carry on but i think to honor your time and your space and the the viewers too i think we need to it's only five past nine i know we can carry on (laughs) but i think it's been absolutely amazing Mm. thank you for yeah the space and just being open and willing to converse and it's yeah it's been like a woodwork shop on fire. I hope not. No, 
<laughs> House on fire? No, it's we got it's our been fire extinguishers up. Good. Compliant, yo. Good, good, good. You are compliant. <laughs> and um, yeah, dude, thank you so much. And if there was one thing that you would like to say that you maybe haven't said or have said to our listeners, what would that be? Sure. <laughs> um, the story is bigger than you. Okay. The story is bigger than you. Mm. I, there's a lot more that I want to say on that. Um, but yeah, don't, don't live inward. Um, live outward in, in service of others. Um, and uh, yeah, can guarantee change. Awesome. Mm. We can build our businesses for ourselves or we can build our businesses for the community around us, which serves a much bigger story than mm -hmm. the story of Harris Creation or mm -hmm. Carth Creative. Mm -hmm. But it can serve the story of Hillcrest. It can serve the story of Pine Town or mm -hmm. in this case, context of this podcast, serves the story of Durban. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Thanks, dude. Cool, cool. Thank you so much. 100%. guys thank you for for listening and um yeah it was actually our first two-part episode so yeah big love to you all and God bless.